0: This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Call 805-372-0821 to schedule your no-obligation discovery meeting. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show, where we are working hard to be a threat to the Great Reset and trying to put the man back in mankind. Um, today's guest is the senior editor of Human Events Daily. Uh, he's a former Navy Intel officer. He's a newsbreaker, a Twitter ninja, and um, one of my favorite people to follow because he aggravates the left, I think, better than most, and also aggravates the Biden administration kind of since the beginning. So my guest today is Jack Pas- sobic jack how are you
1: hey bryce thanks so much for having me on you know newsweek was was very upset with me today as well i don't know if you saw but so there's down in oklahoma they're posting this new bill all about uh essentially banning um transgender procedures and operations for anyone under the age and believe it under age of 26 is one of those a couple of bills they're talking about but the the most expansive one would ban it for under 26 and that legislator actually straight up went and called it genital mutilation and the this crowd and i don't know if they're bust in from you know austin or california or whatever but they're all up there they're inside the Oklahoma uh, date house screaming trans lives matter trans lives matter so I quote tweeted out and said oh look it's a transurrection you know, News- and <laughs> i Newsweek is very upset with me about
0: that one yeah no your uh, your Twitter skills that's why I call you a Twitter ninja are um, you know the, the best and that's how I, I first got to know you is kind of watching you as you were emerging um, you know into the superstar that you are now um, your Twitter was just always on fire and you know no Nobody should ever get in a Twitter war with you because they will lose. Um, But but you're you know, you're clever, uh, you're you're insistent um, and on point all the time. The one that I liked that you responded with was move to a red state and raise chickens. They said everybody will be fine. They said Um,
1: exactly. And so that the point that I mean to make on that is that you have this sort of like Um, this, you you know, and and I don't mean to attack anyone who raises chickens or anything like that, but that's not the point is the point is that it's, it's when you take this homesteader mentality and the homesteader movement and sort of the move to rural, the, you know, the sort of the ruralite option that people are talking about a lot lately, but then disconnect. Right, So it's, sure, go and do those things, but you can't just disconnect because this stuff is going to catch up with you. And thanks to the internet, the uh, wokeness or CRT or whatever, you, you know, what do you want to call the current situation that we're going through, um, you know, neo-Marxism, neo-Bolshevism, is thanks to the internet, it's not going to be just confined to San Francisco or Brooklyn, yep. New York, right? It's going to be in your school down the street and it's going to be, in your oklahoma state house so it doesn't matter you know what you do personally because if you want to have an effect on culture itself then you do actually have to push back against this stuff and take a stand against it which is why i do support the legislation that's going forward in oklahoma but it's also my take on it was a little spin on this sort of um Disconnection movement, I guess I see going on or a lot out there where people say, oh man, this politics is just too much. I got to unplug. Well, guess what? You know, you might not be interested in politics, but politics is interested in you.
0: No, so that was such a great point. and The reason I picked that out is because I get asked all the time I've got ten acres in idaho I've got you know beautiful uh you know opportunity if I wanted to to awesome. go there, and people are asking, Bryce, why aren't you leaving California, man? It's getting so bad, and I've had several friends leave and the the two things I say number one, do I look like a guy who's not going to fight on the front lines? I go, you know this this I believe we must do, and then number two, it's just going to follow you there. It's coming there, so you you might as well fight awesome. it you know, on, on your home turf now. And so that's, that's the efforts that we're putting in here. And, you know, of course we get attacked like crazy. I get a ton of uh, trans mob hate because I've kind of gone after those transgressives here in our local community. And, uh, and so they, they absolutely detest me and send things to my house and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it's the battle we're in and we got to stay in it because it's coming to a red state as well. You don't,
1: you don't uh, you don't retreat from the front line because the battle is tough.
0: Yep. Yep. Amen. Amen. So um, I wanted to kind of ask you, who is Jack Posobiec? Because I find you a fascinating guy. And by the way, my, my daughters love you because they witnessed you at AmFest playing with your sons, you know, running around in the green room. Oh, and, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know,
0: and they're like, oh, he seems like such a great guy. And, you know, they, they got to just, you know, say hello to you briefly. Um, but I know you're an amazing family man. I, I we know
1: them, th- uh, we were able to take them uh So we haven't really had, we're in the D.C. area, and we haven't really had any snow lately. And my kids, uh, particularly my older, my four-year-old, and he's been saying, Daddy, where's the snow? Why hasn't there been any snow this year? It was winter. We had Christmas, but there's no snow. And so, you know, we felt pretty bad. So we ended up taking them up to Pennsylvania, um, and that's where I'm originally from, um, this weekend, and we took them up to... Uh, just basically well like like you know snow tubing and uh just spent the entire day running down and the funny thing is is they like the tubing but I gotta tell you they really just enjoyed playing in the snow yeah. even more than the actual too it was like we paid all this money for the tubing and they just want to roll around and throw snowballs and you know, yeah that's the age. and stuff and it's I was like you know what this is great so uh, we called it the I, I always joke on uh, when we post pictures of something like that where I say it's wholesome content alert you know you yeah. got you've got craziness you got clown work but i mean that's me right you know people say how do you deal with all this stuff and it's like look you know i might be dealing with that on social media or whatever topic of the day is whatever story and you know sometimes the stories get pretty dark or you know you look out across the country and you get very worried about uh, what their future is going to be but at the same time i i unplug and you know we do uh we do the rosary every morning as a family we uh, we hang out together with, you know, hang out with the kids. and try to spend time with them before I plug into the internet or, or you know, even look at my phone sometimes. Sometimes, not always. I, I could be better at it, as I'm sure we all could. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it and it's really just being able to spend more and more time with them. That that's what I'm doing with a majority of my time. And then, yeah. You know, not showing that necessarily on social media all the time but i think if you follow tanya my wife on on instagram you'll you'll see more of that though of course recently uh she's launched a a complete betrayal of me i don't know if you've seen any of this where you know so we've got the my pillow promo code poso yeah just this week, she's come out with promo code Tanya, which I didn't realize that she was setting up. Apparently this was a new thing. And so she's trying to see if she can get, uh, she could sell more pillows than me this week. So we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I think she's going to do a good job, you know? (laughs) So yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. So what, what part of uh, Pennsylvania?
1: Just outside Philadelphia. So we did, um, I actually wrote, a twitter thread about this not long ago and then human events just published it as sort of an op-ed piece where so we're just about um i don't know like like stone's throw from you know the the city limits of philadelphia in narstown pennsylvania and one of the things that i wrote about is as we were growing up in the 80s and 90s there uh the town was just falling apart around us completely and was one of those great things where you know it, if you had to define it i would just say it was a community and in the true sense of the word so they've stolen the word community from us the way they steal so many words it's not just they add words but they also change what words mean so when they say community today they're usually talking about some uh gender identity or some ethnic group or some other cultural uh addition to the lexicon whereas in the past a community meant a place like where i grew up where everybody knew each other where everybody up and down the street knew each other um i grew up in the same house that my father grew up in oh, wow. and had purchased that house from his parents and it was something where the kids that i played with were the sons and daughters of the people that my dad had played with when he was growing up and they we all went to school together we all went to church together and we, you know, if church ended and y'all went to the same restaurant and, you know, there's my grandmom and she's hanging out with people. And then and, and everyone knew each other, right? You, you played basketball together, you rode bikes together. And somewhere along the line, really starting in the mid-90s and then continuing onward, the town just kind of went downhill. And you saw um, crime come in, you saw drugs come in, you saw, and then eventually even to the point where we got out, they became a sanctuary city for illegal immigrants. And we, what what got me talking about it recently was that my, uh, well, one of our family members that still lives in the area, maybe my whole family is still there other than me, but they drove past our old house where we grew up and took a picture of it and the things, you know, it's like a row home, but it's totally dilapidated now. No one's taking care of it. And it was the place where we had all of our formative experiences. But you know, it was a town where i could I could walk to the library where I lived. And yet, my mom started to stop letting me do that by myself because they were letting more and more homeless people come in there. And um the homeless people started getting violent. Some there were some stabbing incidents. There was graffiti incidents. And suddenly it was, you know you you can't do that anymore. You can't go down to the library and with your with your wagon and fill it up with books and walk home because, uh that used to be you know something that we love doing and now suddenly it's you you know you might not make it back um drug dealers across the back street dog fights that were going off and um and you can you can look it up right now uh it's considered one of the i think in 2015 it actually made one of the 100 most dangerous towns in America and you know getting older and kind of watching this happen i realized that you know this was done by policy because i remember i kept thinking to myself Why doesn't someone just stop this? Why doesn't, uh, you know, why don't we just get together and and fix things? Why don't we get together and do something about the crime? And it's gotten so bad that, um, you know, I mentioned earlier about taking my kids to snow tubing. I've never actually taken my boys down the street where I grew up.
0: For the Alliance and Trust family, finances in their blood. I grew up with them, and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters, now, even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance in Trust help you to plan for what's next. Visit AEWealth.com or call 805-371-8020 to learn more.
1: You know, we're we're kind of in the area pretty regularly when we visit my parents, but I've just never thought of a reason to have to even want to take them down the street where i grew up I mean, maybe at some point we'll drive by and i'll you know point it out or something but uh it's it's the same story that i'm sure you've heard of lots of towns particularly in the northeast that um that really got sucked into jobs being sent overseas the industrialization uh, or the deindustrialization of America so many of those industries that completely dried up and then it's either like look you you better leave and you better figure out something else to do because it's not just the economic factors of it and i think that's that's what conservatives I think in a big part, totally miss this because for a long time, the response from the right was, well, you should just move or you should just learn to code or you should just figure out some other, you know, some other industry to do where it, when it's like, I, I don't want necessarily to find some other profession. That's not what, a, what the issue is. The issue is that they took away our town. Yeah. The issue is they took away this place where we had those familial bonds, which also led to spiritual bonds, which led to, of course, as you can imagine, uh, you know, people getting married, and you know, oh, you know, so and so married so and so's daughter, and then your kids are together, and then they're playing, and it and it it all goes on, and it, you can't just replicate something like that in one generation, and so I think for the millennial generation, I think for Zoomers now, um, even a lot of Gen Xers, you you kind of end up becoming nomads because you're sort of looking for places to live and then you know you meet your neighbors but your neighbors are constantly changing in and out and you're losing that sense of roots you're totally losing that sense of roots where you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it, you, you always met people when you were growing up. It's like, oh, it's a military brat. You know, someone's a military brat. Oh, I lived here, I lived there. I lived, you know, dad was at this base and then we PCSed over here, et cetera, et cetera. But um, that's actually becoming the norm.
0: Yeah, we're all so military I, I, brats fact, now.
1: We're all military brats now, in a sense, because people are very rootless and you're moving for work, you're moving for other things. And I get that. And it's something where it's. You know, and I'm not going to use this phrase lived experience because I think that's stupid, but <laughs> it's something where I'll just, I'll, I, I would never correct Andrew Breitbart. I would never try to say that I want to correct Andrew Breitbart. But if I could add something to his famous adage of politics is downstream from culture, which he's one hundred percent right on, of course, yeah. politics is downstream from culture. But if I could add to it, I would just also add that culture is downstream from economics. And essentially, economics is downstream from order. And this idea that if you lose your social order, then you're going to get crime. And if you're going to get crime, then businesses are going to leave, hospitals are going to leave. The the hospital that I was born in was demolished. It's been raised to the ground. It's a field now. Um, every school that I've gone to, except up until college, has been shuttered at this point. Um, you know, it's, it, your community can fold a lot faster then you realize. And that's kind of what we're living through now on a larger scale in many areas. It feels like we're going through the collapse of complex systems every single day in this country. And so when I hear and and of course Biden doing the State of the Union, oh no, everything's great and everything's fine. And it's like, well, it depends on how you measure it, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to your take on his uh, State of the Union as well. I'll be I'll be watching that. Um so now, how, how did you and by the way, uh, a quick note, I was born in Philadelphia uh, in Germantown oh, no. and, uh, and but left there when I was like eight or nine so i don 't have oh, a wow. deep so connection we Yeah, neighbors yeah um, but but yeah i mean it 's not a place to visit now it 's become a hellscape, oh. and our equivalent here in the West. Um, uh, you know, is um, San Francisco it's same thing? You know, open air drug markets. I mean, it's as bad as it gets. And I think you guys are that 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 same thing there but in Philadelphia.
1: Know, look at San Francisco. Go back and watch. You know, the old Jimmy Stewart with the Hitchcock movie Vertigo, or go back even just go back to the '90s and watch Full House and see some of the. You can actually see. I think more so Vertigo. I think Full House was more of like a on a soundstage. But if you actually watch Vertigo, it's Jimmy Stewart running around the city. San Francisco was gorgeous. It was. San Francisco was amazing. It was it literally was a a shining city on the hill. Literally on a hill, a shining city. Yeah. And it was, it was one of the jewels of the West Coast. And suddenly it and I remember there was the sense that it was always going to be this sort of futuristic, tech focused. Um you know, cusp of the future and to see what it's turned into now where you can't walk. The, I'm not even going to, I'm not even, it sounds like a, you know, a meme or something, but the last time I was in San Francisco, I was not off the airplane for more than 30 minutes before I stepped in human feces.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it. and, and before, you know, it always had its little pockets of that kind of a thing, but, but it's, it's a cancer that spread throughout the entire city. You know, they, they began to tolerate it. Um, and, and it went from, you know, just the tenderloin to everything's the tender loin and, uh, and just, you know, absolutely terrible. And and that started, I I started noticing it about 15 years ago, um, because I would go there for business regularly and I would take my wife up there, you know, just to kind of have a little mini New York experience and, you know, enjoy the city and yeah. And and it's fallen to, to pieces. If you were to, uh, put your you know brain inside a, um, uh well, uh, imagine you're a liberal for a moment or a leftist, and and look at that, and and you know what? Uh, what do you think their thoughts are about that problem?
1: So, you, you know, from the leftist perspective, they're they're actually the biggest conspiracy theorists on the face of the planet because they will look at a problem or they will look at something in reality and then come up with a reason to deny what it is they're looking at. Yeah. So deny the information that's received to them by their five senses. So, you know, we're all familiar with our five senses. This obviously loans itself very well to the gender argument. Um, But this idea of oh, let's look at these people who are living in human squalor. Something should be done to help them. Something should be done to get them out of that. And then you'll hear someone say, well, you know, that was their decision. Say, was it wasn't really their decision. Or does it turn out that they're actually chemically dependent drug addicts or people who are suffering from mental illness that, that can't find any way that's out of that? Um, and so... You know, if you look at the way that we've completely dismantled our mental institution, our public uh, mental health system, yep. in the United States, we realize that we've been pursuing these goals of sort of this idea of self-actualization and self-self uh, growth, which really is the progressive ideal. So remember, the progressive ideal, and it to you know, because you asked the question to put myself in their mind, it's that you can you can make people better, that you can actually change the human condition, that you can actually change human yeah. nature, that you can, you can, you can uh, not just reform somebody, but that you can actually trans transform people into uh, the angels of their better nature. And now, now for sure, you know, there's certainly, um, with, with criminal justice, there's an element to that. I think for a lot of people, you know, corrective criminal justice is part of that. But we, what we've done now is we've taken those ideas out of the this realm of corrective criminal justice and we've taken it to this entire point of oh well you know we're not going to arrest people for crimes because those people are the victims of circumstances they're the victims of mental illness they're the victims of poverty and so what they need is just some program that's going to get them back on their feet and what That never actually happens because you're not addressing any of the root causes of these things. So when I hear people say, "Oh, well, the root cause of crime is poverty," I say, "No, I turn it around because I think the liberals have this backwards. I think the root cause of poverty, the root cause of poverty, is crime, not the other way around. Because you can see, and I saw it in my own life, that." criminal behavior then leads to businesses wanting to shut down leads yep. leads, and you saw this you're talking to san francisco i mean obviously you see this that as crime increases what happens now the target's going to cut their hours now the 24-hour drugstore is only going to be a 12-hour drugstore now maybe it's only an eight-hour drugstore by the way and all the 24-hour stuff is is going away like all across the entire country yep that's something that we're totally seeing right now and that's not just because of crime it's also because of cost cutting and covid etc cetera, etc cetera. but um, this, uh, in some of these areas that you realize, look, if you're, um, let's say your, your margin, your profit margin at one of those places, um, the local drugstore local convenience store or local grocery is 3%, 4%. And suddenly your shoplifting goes up to 5%. Well, guess what? You're out of business you're completely out of business and this is why you get what they call these you know know, the liberals always refer to this as well that's a food you know they call it food deserts you know yeah uh so it's a food desert in the inner city well no, no 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 this was created because of the lack of any sort of structure, any sort of law and order, because the only places that are willing to operate are people who are going to take the risk out and they're going to be charging an arm and a leg to set up these bodegas. And obviously, you know, the stuff they're selling is going to be whatever the highest margin is. So it's, it's certainly going to be, um, you know, your high fructose corn syrup, your your starches, um, just, just the most sugary or even you know even fake sugary types of food that's out there and so of course yes obviously these are problems but they are not problems that arose quote because of poverty they are problems that arose because of the breakdown of the social structure which was predicated on the rise of crime
0: you must start taking care of your liver now more than ever why Because the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty liver were three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. The American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver, which means many people are at risk. We throw everything at our livers, cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes. That's why so many of us have a sluggish, fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. For decades now, your liver helped you with over 500 key functions every day. It's time to help your liver. There is a solution, Liver Health Formula, an all-natural supplement, which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. It's manufactured right here in the USA and approved by American doctors. So, if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you'll receive a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3 to keep your heart healthy. You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com forward slash Bryce and claim your five free bonus gifts. That's getliverhelp.com forward slash Bryce. Uh, you know, I'll add to that. And I think that's a brilliant observation and you're spot on. Um, once we had the co- corporate oligarchy kind of take over all of our drugstores, all of our stuff too, you watch this happen, because if you're an individual store owner um, and, and theft is coming into your store and things like that, you're going to chase a guy out with a bat. You're going to take a little bit of a form of justice on your own because you're protecting your things. Now they're letting rampant shoplifting and things like that destroy these communities to the point then that they just pull out. Um, And and the, you know, the corporate decision makers, you know, don't, you know, don't care and they don't want the liability of what we would as store owners take on ourselves You know, I I watched uh, I watched a video and and I had an argument of what's, you know, what's moral is not always legal. And I watched this guy uh, front kick. Uh, a shoplifter into the uh, frozen foods display, and I thought that okay that was the right kind of justice that guy did not want that shoplifter doing what he was doing and and he gave him some swift punishment and sent him on his way. Um, you know nowadays we don 't have that sense of that anymore when in in truth that 's a moral response to someone stealing your property um, you know quick quick swift justice get him out of there well, if you continue to tolerate what we 've been having you have this absolute cascading, spiraling effect of destruction in our cities, and that's what we're seeing.
1: Right, and that's exactly right. And so the liberal will always say that, you know, they'll they'll never question their preconceptions. With the exception, I, I will throw Michael Schellenberger out there because he is a liberal that has He's is, great. has been willing to cross that Rubicon yeah. of saying, what if uh, you know, what if our solutions were causing more problems? What if our prescriptions, you know, you know, okay, your diagnosis was correct for the what caused the problem, but what if your prescription was wrong? Yeah. What if the answer was uh, criminal punishment? What if the answer f- for the energy crisis was, you know, nuclear energy? And what if it wasn't necessarily just denying people these things? What if your what if your problem with homelessness? What? isn't even a homelessness problem. It's actually a mental health problem. And what if there is a certain percentage of the population that's always going to need some type of institutionalization? And we've seen this across the world, and obviously... You know, people with mental disorders, that's not something new. That's not some uh, brand new uh, uh, situation that we find ourselves in. There's always been a percentage of this. I mean, you could certainly argue, you know, sort of the rise of over-medication in America. But yeah, I mean, if, f-
0: yeah, fentanyl has exasperated it. We talked about that on on your show in, re- in relation to the border and everything that's coming. Um, but but you're exactly right. It exists.
1: There's always going to be people who need help. And that's all I'm trying Amen. to say. Yeah. That there's always going to be people who need some form of help. And, you know, this is, you know, maybe I break with sort of the traditional, um, you know, conservatives on this. And I I guess it's because like we we were chatting before that my background is Catholic, so I don't see I don't see any issue with going to those people and saying, you know what, you need to be in an institution because that's what's best for you. And we're going to have some kind of public system for those people rather than leaving them on the side of the road and just saying, oh, well, you know, that's their choice. That's their that's their their plight in life to go through. Like you walk through LA and you see that and I just say, well, how can you have no compassion for that? And you say, oh, it's, it's not my problem. And just, I don't know, I don't, I don't think that's right because, you know, even as an American, you know, I go through some of these areas and, and when I see it, I say, you know what? That's an American citizen, too. Yeah. That person's an American citizen as much as I am, as much as my kids are. And if I'm going to be part of this America First movement, this MAGA movement, whatever it is, that hopefully I'm going to be more focused on doing what's right for the people of my country and putting them first before the needs of these far flung exotic areas of the world that most Americans are probably never going to see, or maybe never even have heard of. And yet we'll send billions and trillions of dollars over there while we leave that guy on the side of the road to die.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I could not uh, agree more. Um, Shifting gears a little bit, I, I did want to find out uh, how you came to the Navy and how you came to, uh, you know, Navy Intel. You know, if you sure. could give a little bit of that bio, that would be great.
1: Yeah, sure. And I, you know, I've talked about this publicly before. That um, so it, it was sort of a roundabout way where I initially was more interested in China, and so I did my last semester of college as a study abroad in Shanghai and so i was living there i had a sort of like work study thing with the american chamber of commerce um in shanghai downtown shanghai and then at that point I was taking language classes i was learning about it and um you know, my mom had always said you know oh you know just make sure you come back now and i said oh, yeah of course i'll come back because i had bought this one-way ticket and my initial plan was that i was just going to travel around in the summer after i graduated and then come home well i ended up staying for two years um so mom was right um but i did keep my promise i came home and actually she came and visited and, and everything but um so i ended up staying in china for two years and this is um the 2006 2000 to 2008 time frame and when i was there i really saw firsthand a lot of the issues that i talk about today on just just publicly and in what i do in my work that people were making money like crazy um american businesses were making money party members were making money business members you know in china if you're a successful businessman or successful businesswoman whatever blah blah blah, you know you've got to be a member of the party it's just it's as simple as that so Um, There was this dichotomy of Americans coming to China saying, hey, we want to sell our products. But then when they were there, they would learn more about the Chinese system and realize that, you know, they have this blend of business and government where it's just total control and makes it very easy makes it very easy to get anything done. If you want to build, uh, you know, you're talking about California. If you want to build a high-speed rail, then you just do it, right? You just move the people out of the way. You uh, you procure the money. You decide where it's going to be built. You fire, hire the vendors, and you go build the thing. Um, you know, when the Americans were asking, and this is down in, in Shanghai, through Municipal Planning Museum, and they were asking, well, what about, you know, what about the people who live here? What about these historic buildings? What about this? And and CCP guys would say, what about it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Just get rid of it. Who cares? Get it out of the way. You know we're building this thing, and and that became kind of intoxicating, and it became very tempting for American leaders to find and Western leaders in general, Europeans as well, to find out that such a system like this could work. And you could make money, but also, you know, and, and all you had to do was obviously take away people's rights, take away people's freedoms, take away uh, all of these various things that we've come to define as Western civilization and transform it into this sort of uh, total controlled technocracy. And so, you know, there there were opportunities for me to stay, to, to use my language ability for, you know, to stay and in, in, in working in international business and... Um, and eventually kind of just got got sick of the whole thing. Came home, um, actually did a stint at the University of Pennsylvania for a little bit in their China office. Still didn't like that, didn't feel right. And I said, you know what? I want to do something for for my side. I want to do something for, for my country. And I had always been interested in military service. And I said, well, what's the service that really focuses the most on China? And it seemed to be the Navy. And that's, you know, obviously for like a million reasons. Obviously, it's maritime focused. That. Um, You know, went out for the Navy, went out for Navy Intel, and that's basically what I told them from the start. I said, "Look, I just want to go Intel. I just want to." Fo- I even said that to the recruiter. I just want to focus on China. Whatever you can do, give me China, give me Intel. He said, "Well, that's not exactly how it works." And I said, "Well, that's how it's going to work for me." So
0: <laughs> that's great. You know,
1: and then you know, explaining that to them, I said, "Look, I-, I have this background. I'm not just like some guy off the street saying this." And basically, that was you know, you know, through boot camp and then A school, and then eventually. Uh, through Intel C school then so I, I was enlisted to officer, so I was a Mustang. And then but that, you know, by the time the fleet kind of found out what I was, you know, what my skill set was, um, they, they said, yeah, kinda makes sense to have this guy working on China, with the exception of uh, one year when big Navy said, Hey, we're gonna take the China guy and send him to Guantanamo Bay, because, you know, of course the needs of the Navy is as as they say Um, Come first and so I uh, for a year I kind of put that all aside and then went and did counterterrorism work at Guantanamo Bay in the interrogation cell Um, And you know got to learn a lot about that got to focus on radical Islam see what it was like up close and personal and uh, And then I came you know came back and then that was about a decade ago now and then came back and I've just been focused on China ever since
0: How do you say I love you is it with flowers chocolate Can jewelry express true love? In the end, they all fall short. The only thing that can completely communicate the depths of your affection this Valentine's Day is meat. Not any meat, though. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold is imported from overseas. That's why it has to be good ranchers. 100% American, hand-trimmed, steakhouse-quality meat delivered to your door. Don't say it how you always have. Say it with meat. Right now, you can get $30 off when you order any box from Good Ranchers and use the code BRYCE. This is a gift sure to add sizzle to that special day, whether on the grill or in a pan. Nothing simmers like prime cuts of beef, pasture-raised chicken, and premium quality seafood. You can get it all at GoodRanchers.com. Perfect for the lady, the man, or yourself this Valentine's Day. Good Ranchers is the gift that keeps on grilling. Ditch the usual gifts that just don't cut it anymore. Say it with American Meat instead. Snag your $30 off with my code BRYCE at GoodRanchers.com today. Love is in the air and it smells just like, you guessed it, Good Ranchers. Save $30 on your unique gift this Valentine's Day by visiting GoodRanchers.com. American Meat delivered. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> cool. Well, I appreciate that story because I hadn't heard all the details. Um, before we, uh, I, I want to talk about Catholicism. Which by the but-
1: way, you know, real quick, I sure. always, I always, uh, every time Bannon mentions it, he he always gets the timeline backwards. And I never, you know, I never want to correct him when I'm on war room because you know you're on there for a couple of minutes. he yeah. was, you know, he was stationed in China. It's actually, well, it's actually the reverse because I was in China and then I went into the Navy, which is like the opposite of how anybody else would do it. But I'm in the back of my head, I'm always thinking, no, Steve, it's the other way around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, good public correction. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to hit Catholicism as we end this, but before we do, I would love to get. Um, some of the things that trouble you the most, you know, obviously we just had that, uh, you know, balloon go across the United States. We've got that was fun,
1: wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't that great?
0: we we've, we've got continuous threats from them we've got things moving you know here in America that are CCP style um you know tyrannical oppression and control and you know it seems like we're walking down that path willingly um it, you know what what are the things that are concerning you cuz so much of this is you know heating up um you know both here you know with our culture war you know we we think that there's some you know potential for that to to go kinetic at some point um but, but abroad, you know, what, what are the things that, that you're, um, really focusing on or, or thinking about?
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is one of the things that I really, that I, you asked me what worries me and what, what I, I'll say what worries me. It's, it's this idea of like Americans just kind of giving up, you know, that, yeah. that there's this because i think that if that if americans just just wake up and and really start taking an active role in the direction of this country we can solve all of these things i mean there's there's no agreed end to the issues that we can solve if you just get a mass of people that are willing to actually focus on them and and do something about it because um, that's that's really all that it takes. It's not some expansive situation. I mean, you talk about wokeness and CRT. Well, I mean, they just hate Western civilization. It's as simple as that. And you mean you know, I mentioned Foucault earlier, but I mean you you don't need to understand all that to say these people hate our system. They want to tear it down and replace it with something new. That's it. That's, yep. that's basically all you have to focus on um there's a reason they target the police all the time it's because they want to get rid of the just as an example it's it, they want to get rid of the police as an institution and they want to institute a national police force i mean they've yes. been pretty open about this many many times and so they'll find any any incident right you know blow it out of proportion even though it's a, it's generally almost 100 of the time it's a statistical anomaly um and yet they will take that one incident and then paint all police officers with one brush. Or you know they'll take something like George Floyd, which, in, in, to my impression, was it was a very bad situation. But I, I I don't know how you can call that a deliberate situation or a deliberate action by Derek Chauvin to kill somebody. Uh, you know, to me that just looked like he was he was caught in a bad situation. He was trying to do the best he could with this the circumstances that he found himself in. He wasn't like. You know, you saw this video of of Tyree Nichols last week in, in Memphis. I didn't see Derek Chauvin doing any of that, certainly. Uh, yeah. I saw him trying to hold somebody down and then wait for EMTs to come because he was obviously experiencing some medical issues. That's all I saw in that video. But the point is, is that all of this is being done as part of a social program to kind of get people to turn against the idea of what America is. And if you can just turn that back... And then even turn back, as I was talking earlier, this this idea of sort of the, you know, oh, let's all go get out of cities and move out to the country and just unplug and whatever, man. It, I call it like the Hicklib movement. This, uh, I don't know if you've seen these these guys on YouTube where they will sort of have the affectations of a Southerner. But you know, they'll have the beard, they'll have like a coiffed hair and, you know, they'll be drinking IPAs and swinging an ax and telling you, yo, you know, better not be doing any of that racism and bigotry against the trans folks now, son. I'm like, wait, 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 like, what is this? You know, where (laughs) is this coming from? You know, it's totally astroturf. It's just obvious. And by the way, Google has, has come out and said, Sundar Pinchai even said under oath that videos like that were astroturf to people that were looking up, uh, information about guns, information about oh, yeah. military, they, and they force ma- this stuff down the algorithm. Their
0: manipulation. Yeah, their manipulation of us is what bothers me more than anything else. You know, we we it's, uh, it's constant. Yeah.
1: And so it's it's just this idea of hey, you know, just remember that you're an American. Remember what your family did to come here personally, and then remember what the people who built this place did to get it this way. In the first place and remember that you are you're someone who guess what this country was bequeathed to you right this was this was something a lot of people fought for a lot of people built to get have some respect for that by the way you know you can it's very easy to sit down and criticize well why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that well have a little bit of respect for the fact that the roads you drive on or if you're you know we were in the in the rocky mountains um a couple of weeks ago and you just imagine what it took to blast those mountains down, to build that road to get out to where it was. <laughs> I was joking. It's, it was like I was like, I wonder what the uh, I wonder if there was a lot of gender equality on on those teams out there doing construction in the Rocky Mountains, right? You know, probably not so much. Yeah, um, you know, that's definitely toxic masculinity at work. And so this this idea that if we just kind of get back to what matters and that we can we can lose this sort of like social conditioning, social programming and go back to, you know what? It does make sense that kids have a mom and a dad. I understand that there are circumstances that are beyond our control, totally get that. What I'm talking about is, is just in general, this seems to work out better and it has for thousands of years. Same deal with when it comes to criminal justice, when it comes to governance in general, when it comes to dealing with the, the people in your population that can't help themselves. I think if we just go back to best practices on a lot of these things, we can really solve them because what we're doing is essentially we're either A, creating problems where there are none, or B, we are uh, looking for things to make into problems that were actually working fine in the first place.
0: Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals here's what you need to do text bryce to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metals specialists think about this to dig our country out of this mountain of debt every single taxpayer in america would have to write a check for 247 thousand dollars and it's only getting worse Protect yourself with gold today by texting BRYCE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text BRYCE to 989898 today. Yeah, you know, there's a, a Naval Ravikant who, who said that he got this from someone else, but I give oh, him credit. Yeah, I, him a lot. I I give him credit because he said this, and I thought it was brilliant. He said, old problems require old solutions. New problems require new solutions. And yes. so many of the things that we have, we've figured out. And I, I, get a, I get appalled when it comes to some of this new parenting styles and things like that. <laughs> One of the common themes that I've found is these people... Uh, either have never had kids that are promoting these new ways of parenting or their children are still very young and they're, and they're saying that, Oh, I've got it all figured out. Look at my kids. Well, your kids are eight and nine, you know, let's Mm. see when they're 16, 17 and 18. You know, I want to (laughs) talk, I want to see the, you know, older folks that now have kids who have their own kids and, and the the family successful. And
1: I will say this, that you're, because you're now starting to see zoomers hit the, um, hit the workplace and you've, definitely now and you know by the way you know when you've encountered someone that's never been told the word no in their life yes you know exactly and and they don't know how to deal with confrontation they don't know how to deal with being corrected they don't know how to deal with being being told hey your you know your task was not completed on time the uh, deadlines things like this because they they seem to believe that there's this wiggle room with everything and i and i'm not like that with my kids if it's clean your plate it's clean your plate if Amen. it's if 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 this needs to be clean before you do something else, then this needs to be cleaned. And I mean all the way clean. I don't mean there's a couple of Legos in the back corner. You make sure you better get those too. It's not about, you know, it's not about harping on the last couple of Legos. It's about completing the task. And it's about understanding responsibility and understanding that there's a sense of duty that you have and, you know, policing your space, as we would say in the military, that all of these things come through self-ownership. And that if you're just breezing through life and then never having a confrontation, you know, well, all right, fine. I'll just say, it. you know, there was um there was a situation where, where there was a kid at 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 daycare, and and my my son came home and he had like some dirt on his shirt, and I said, what happened? And he goes, he goes, oh well, you know, kid, you know, he pushed me down, and uh, you know, I got dirty. And I said, okay, well, what would you do? And he said, oh, I was I was just really sad. I was just really sad. Well, I said, look, he does that again, you push him down. Yeah, and then and he said, well, I can do that, and I said, go ahead. Go right ahead and do that. And and then I said, what happened? And he said, well, the teacher came over and she said, stop fighting. I said, okay, all right, all right. And then it happened again. And then the same response. And then on the third day, I said to them, I said, look, I want you to go into school this morning, go to daycare. And I want you to go up to the kid and I want you to say to him, there's no pushing today. There's no pushing today. And you look him right in the eye and say that. And I guarantee you, he's not going to push you again. And he said, that's exactly what he did. And I said, you know what? And if it happens again, I'll buy as many shirts as you need. Because you you got to learn how to deal with your own stuff. And the good thing for me... Is that my wife uh, is Eastern European. And when I told her that, she was like, Yeah, I don't want to raise no wuss.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. No, that's great. Well, I, you know, I'm a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy and I own a school and, you know, we, we have a kids program. And, and one of the best things to cure all of that is having these kids learn rough play. And and figure that stuff out, and create that natural pecking order, and get that confidence, and learn those skills. I mean, it's so powerful, and, and I you know recommend it beyond almost any other activities or sports for kids for that purpose. What,
1: what age do you start?
0: Um, uh, well, we've got uh, as young as three and four, but probably wow. the average young kids are about six six years old, and we're teaching them real jujitsu. I mean, they're awesome. they're yeah, they're learning real skills, and then by the time they're getting to you know fifteen and sixteen. Coming into the adult program, you know, they're they're amazing. I mean, they're, they're phenoms, and their confidence and their level of just success in them, you know, none of them are going transgender, I guarantee it, because they are figuring out who they are through that process, and well, it also, it, it's an amazing it's thing.
1: There's also that sense, and I think you're totally right, of, you know, that knowing that you have a skill set that you can fall back on should you need it. Right. It yep. doesn't mean that you're walking around, you know, sh- bumping shoulders all over the place and doing all that machismo stuff. No, not and, at and all. And nobody probably, does.
0: Yeah. Nobody does when they're real fighters. No. You know, that's that's not that's not our thing. Yeah. No, so but
1: it's it's the guy who's quiet, who's in the back of the court, the back of the room saying like, yeah, man, don't 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 you know, don't don't get me involved. I don't want to get involved. You, let's not do that. And then. And then somebody pushes them a little bit too far, and then you see what happens.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I'm excited about, and this is what I wanted to, to get your perspective on, is – you know, uh, I think we are having a bit of a revival going on. Um, I, I know you see it at, at TPUSA and other events like that where these young kids, I mean, you know, my my daughters are rock stars. They, you know, are are listening to Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles and you and, you know, everybody um, out there. So, you know, and they've been doing it for a long time. You know, they're, they're understanding that, you know, I mean, what's funny is we have this little kind of counter-rebellion. It, you know, if you want to be rebellious in today's day and age, you know, go be a conservative Christian. And, um, and, and that excites me. But one of the things that I'm also finding out is you're having a lot of young men who have this, you know, desire for some seriousness and some reverence, like, you know, go to Catholicism and, um, and I wanted to get your perspective on that.
1: Well, so yeah. And, and we see this in really predominantly what I would call the trad movement and, it is a movement of if you go to a traditional Latin Mass or TLM or Trinity Mass, et cetera. That's that's just the mass before the 1960s Vatican II, um, where it's still held in the traditional way, the way that uh, a Catholic Mass and was held for 2,000 years prior to the 1960s in the language of the Church, which is Latin. That. If you go to them, one of them right now, and I've talked to Charlie Kirk about this, and he's not Catholic; he's, he's evangelical. Yeah, well, I, well, he goes
0: he, to you know he claims you know Rob McCoy, where are God speak here, you know Rob McCoy is our pastor, and and Charlie amazing. was by the way,
1: he's the guy who's got the answer on the ballot harvesting. By the way,
0: well, well, you know what's funny is that was that was uh, the organization that I started that did that here. Um, oh
1: wow! Because well, because I posted that on Twitter and Truth Social recently, and then Donald Trump, quote, I don't know what you say, quote, truthed quote Truth Man, I said, we need to take this onto on all 50 states. And he said, that's the best idea I've heard in a long time. RNC, Republicans, everybody. Yeah, takes- yeah.
0: Well, so. well, Rob, I, I love him to death, Rudo. but he took some of he took some of that fire from me, um, which is uh, <laughs> okay. which is okay. okay. I'll give him I'll right give him all do. of it. Right right it, right. it. Yeah, no, no, I, I I'm teasing because you know he's he's got the platform to say it, but that's that is exactly what we need to to do. But uh, but anyway, Charlie was here was, a couple of weeks ago and and yeah, just so what, you know on the fire.
1: Idea is that um you know when I was chatting with him about this and I said, look, if you go to one of those masses right now, you'd think, well, okay, 1960s, so it's going to be a bunch of old heads, a bunch of gray beards, you know in there, uh, present company not included. And, uh, that, uh, and I said, no, Charlie, it's the opposite. It's, it's young families, it's young kids, it's zoomers, it's, it's couples that are, that just got together and they're starting their own families. It's, it's some of the youngest, I guess, flock that you'll see youngest congregations. And there's a, you know, there's a, you know, there's an old saying, if your church ain't crying, it's dying that, you know, about the babies in the back, et cetera, yeah. that, uh, it really has become this movement of saying, you know, we somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, you know, and not even going to get into exactly where and, you know, some people like to say, oh, it's the boomers. And other people say, no, it was the, this, it was that, it was whatever, whatever, right, whatever. And to your point that that people are looking for something more reverent. And this idea of uh, that's really getting a lot of resonance, is the fact that here's a mass that a, a worship service if you will, where the entire things in Latin, which is, I think we all just sort of know that that when you're speaking English or any of the Romance languages, that Latin is a higher language. It is the language that so many of our languages are descended from. We use, you know, Latin phrases every day, carpe diem. You know, yeah, it's a source. You know, it. this was the, one of our initial languages. And we also sort of know that this was the language of the empire. Uh, we still use the the letters. We still use uh, the the names of the um, the names of the months, of course, so many different things that come from this, and so with it going completely in Latin, with it being completely reverent, the songs, the responses, you also meet people that they themselves aren't just there, and in, in the sense of what. You know, the big thing, the one of the biggest issues, and there's lots of issues with, with the Catholic Church in America today, but one of the bigger issues is that you get these people who are cafeteria Catholics. Um, I've got two great examples of that. Uh, they are our President of the United States right now and our former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. And what do I mean by cafeteria Catholics? It's sort of this pick and choose, right? You go yeah. to the cafeteria and, well, I want a little of this and I want a little of that. And sure, we'll go every Sunday, but this abortion stuff you know i'm i'm not really for that or, or you know this same-sex marriage or, or you know i should say uh, uh you know this traditional marriage you know i, I don't i, I don't want to just support that so you know and then you, you come across this this sort of really 1960s 1970s formulation of and it started with jfk by the way and you know yeah i i, I Generally, you know, I, I do like JFK in the terms of his policy, but you wouldn't exactly say that the guy was a great Catholic, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And <laughs> that uh, he had this this piece that when he ran, very controversial when he ran as a Catholic, saying that my my personal religion will not affect my public uh, positions. And this is something that I think a lot of Catholics of that generation seem to have sort of taken on, at least politically speaking, that, okay, I can I can believe in this stuff, but I don't have to force it on others. You, you even see pro-choicers that are like this, saying, oh, well, you know, I don't want to force my belief on someone else, and therefore I can vote for this politician that's clearly supporting something that's obviously against what the church teaches obviously against what god teaches us obviously against what christ teaches but they've they've come with this twisted sort of uh, notion of it and in in the tradcath movement i mean that stuff is just thrown out the window it's totally <clears> of <throat> uh, no we're just going to go with what the traditional church taught we're going to go with what the um, what the Church Fathers taught, the Desert Fathers. I mean, you'll get people who are are now suddenly reading the Church Doctors. So they're reading Thomas Aquinas again. They're reading Saint Augustine again. The actual Saint Nicholas. And no, I don't just mean the uh, you know the guy on Christmas, but I mean the actual you know confronting the Aryan heresy. This idea, you know, these different theological debates that are going on right now. And I think it's amazing that people are are digging into actual Church history to try to because at the, at the root of it is Kind of what i was talking about before this idea that people are getting checked out because they're realizing that there's something hollow in american culture there's you know okay i can watch disney plus every day and i can watch the latest netflix and oh the new whatever season just dropped and we've got to go through that and there's so many different entertainment options and it's all dialed in that you can find exactly what you're looking for right but at the end of it you're still missing a moral core you're missing a moral center there's 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 we have we have endless options, and we have no substance. Disney Plus and Netflix, and the late—you know what? What's the latest series or the latest sequel of the franchise came out. You know, none of us will ever live to see the last Star Wars at this point, right? Yeah. Um, and so we have endless, endless options for mind-numbing entertainment, and yet we have no substance. And I think that's what people are looking for. They're looking for substance and in particularly the Tried Catholic Movement, I mean, there's nothing but substance there. It's just, it, this is one of the most reverent forms of worship that you can find. Um, I always encourage people to go to TLM, go to traditional Latin Mass if you can, just to try it out. I mean, you're more than welcome to come in. If you're not Catholic, you know, would suggest that when it comes time for communion, uh, you just, you know, hang out and just go or you can go up for, you know, a blessing, cross your arms and go for a blessing. That's perfectly fine as well uh, if you haven't had the sacraments initiation, etc. But which is, you know, slightly like if you're orthodox, you can you can get communion, but that's like a whole different situation. Um, but I think that what it is, it's a search for meaning and it's a yeah. search for sub, because we even with the Internet today, you can go and find uh, the answer to any factoid. Right. But you can't find any you can't find what matters. What's the point of life? What's the meaning of life? And you know, chat GPT is never gonna give you the answer to that. Wikipedia is never gonna give you the answer to that. Google's never gonna give you the answer to that. But you know what, Will? A connection with your divine creator.
0: Yeah. Amen. Well, I think as a, as a Protestant, um, I think that, uh, we need to take a, a page out of that book because what's happening is I think there's a lack of seriousness and we might need to return to more seriousness because that's what these kids who are, who are growing up in this nihilistic culture that's, you know, moving quick to, uh, entropy, you're seeing th- uh, this desire for something that's real and meaningful. And, and that's why I think people are so attracted to taking the, you know, that, that, Level of seriousness, and I think the uh, many—not not all, but many of the Protestant uh, denominations and churches have really failed in that. And I think there needs to be a little bit more, maybe hellfire and brimstone or something. That uh, that you, you know, go to
1: some of these ones now, and and I've 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 seen these 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 churches where uh, it's it's like it's it's like this hippie Jesus with. Yeah. You know, you know, love is love, and that's all it is, and Jesus loves you as you are, and, and they never mention sin. They yep. never mention eternal damnation. They never mention hell. They never mention the demonic. They never mention Satan. They never mention the real presence of demons in the world today. They never mention any of this. And it, it's sort of like this watered down self-help uh, motivational seminar that people go to every Sunday morning. And yeah, you might feel good going to it. You say, "Oh, I feel so great. Oh, I feel so wonderful. I feel so happy for being here. I feel so happy to be alive." But then you realize that it's just saccharin, right? It's it's just another sugary, substanceless substitute because that's not the real Jesus. There, that's right. It really ain't. Absolutely is not the real Jesus because, uh, you know the way i'll put it is this is that you know jesus a hundred percent obviously said i will take you as you are but i will never leave you as you were yeah will never leave you as you were because it's go and sin no more and so it's an understanding of what is Uh, what is sinful behavior? What is the sinful nature of man after the fall? And then an understanding of, okay, what does it take to then lead a Christian life? And if we are trying to lead a Christian life, what does that look like when we live in a world like today that's so increasingly secular? And, And to some instances, I've seen people point this out, that it's becoming increasingly pagan. Uh, we are dealing with the worship of false gods yet again. We're we're creating new gods every day, and yep. some, you know whether it be this movement or that movement or this thing, and and you realize that if you understand, you're dealing with pagan religions or neo pagan religions. Uh, I, I think the climate cult is a great example of that. And Media Matters got very upset when I I called it a medieval, uh, I called it a neo medieval cult, um, but that's it's a
0: perfect description exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Jack. Listen, I appreciate you so much, and I, I love following you, and I'm I'm uh, so happy to have you today. So I, I appreciate it. Where, uh, where does everybody go to follow you? Um, you know, rattle that off uh, if you would.
1: Yeah, of course. You can find me on on Twitter, Telegram, Getter True Social, but um, you know the the place I do my most work these days, or or I should say, I put the most work into, is Human Events Daily. So that's on, on Real America's Voice. We do a Sunday special every week. You were on one of our Sunday specials, uh, Border Battle, which did very well, uh, and that is where we're. You know, I try to save my juiciest scoops for that one.
0: So yeah. Human Events Daily. Awesome. Well, I appreciate having you. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us today.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate
0: it. All right. Hey, to God be the glory. Amen. All right, we're out.